0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Well, good evening. Um, Welcome to Winchester Radio this evening. Uh, We'll be discussing the great
0: escapist
1: tonight. And speaking of the great escapist, uh, Audrey Chow is our guest this evening. And for the moment, um, he's on the loose. I'm feeling like Crowley at the moment, wondering what the heck happened to my profit. (laughs) Um, But I'm I'm sure uh, there's a little bit of technical issues, and we're working on it. So our special guest tonight, Osric Chow, Kevin Tran, will be joining us as soon as he can. Uh, In the meantime, I will get the the official business out of the way. Um, While Osric is on, we will not be taking guest call-in questions um, but perhaps later in the podcast, when we get to talking about the episode, I'll uh, read off the call in number then. Uh, in the meantime, Winchester Radio can be found at blogtalkradio.com. Just search for Media Boulevard. You can go to our website, winchesterbrose.com, and click on the Winchester Radio uh, logo and listen to our podcast right there on our website. Uh, as well which is brand new and exciting for us Um, you can also uh, follow us on twitter and facebook at winchester bros for uh all the updates about our podcast and uh, all the other supernatural news going on uh not only do we have an episode uh, this weekend we also have a supernatural convention going on a creation con in new jersey uh which has already been going gangbusters and Osric had said this is his first supernatural convention so hopefully we'll get to talk to him about both the con and the episode uh real soon. In the meantime we will start talking about the great escapist written by the great Ben Edlin and directed by the wonderful Robert Duncan McNeil. So uh I'm Susan and Becky and Vinny are here. Hi, you guys. Hi, hey. Just messaging with uh, with Audrick here, trying to get this all worked out. But yeah, love love the episode. Thought it was amazing. Mm hmm. Absolutely wonderful. I've watched it a couple of times. Um. I'm.
0: I thought it was weird when there
1: was so much going so, on. <laughs> I'm just a, like sort of, not superficial, but just on a surface level, I thought it was weird how last week we talked about how we're not used to seeing the Winchesters in a cold open, and they were in the cold open again in a mm-hmm. week. But, and so uh-huh. we two weeks in a row with one or both Winchesters in the cold open. And I, mean, I think it's... Everybody was, like, really confused with this opening. It's like, okay, what's going on? I thought, you know, Kevin had disappeared. Uh, I mean, you know. Yeah. I <laughs> yep. Legitimately like, did I miss something? Yeah, I legitimately owe Ben Edlund an apology because I was watching going, did I miss something? And when did Ben Edlund forget characterization? Ugh. And, I was like, <laughs> and then about, like, two-thirds of the way through it, I was like, oh, wait, I get what's going on here. Okay. <laughs> it was right around the yeah. second the special K line where I was like, what? Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> when Sam, yeah, I'm like, when Sam called him special weird. K, I was like, that's not right at all. <laughs> yeah. So and it didn't even occur to me until right before that they shimmered through and changed. But I was like, plus well, Sam looks super healthy, so no. <laughs> right, right. Which, yeah. It was, it was hop, hop to the makeup department because, you know, seeing Jared, you know, in that in that version, in Kevin's head, and then you see in the rest of the Ooh. episode how gaunt he looks and how bad mm-hmm. he looks. But it's is not overdone. Is that yes. is that Osric? I don't know. We can check and see. <laughs> yep. Hello, Hello, Winchester Radio.
2: Hello, this is Osric Allen.
1: Yay! Osric, yes. yes. <laughs> yay! I
2: figured it out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Hey Isaac. Hi, how are you?
1: ya? How you doing? We're
2: good. Doing pretty good. Still pretty tired mm. uh from last night. Got got home pretty late and um and my flight was like first thing in the morning. I had to wake up at four thirty. Which means not much sleep. Oh wow. Oh yeah. You were at the karaoke party
1: too, right?
2: Yeah, until, like one thirty.
1: Oh yeah.
2: Sounds like about, you didn't right. so
1: much sleep as nap last night.
2: Nope, but it, it was it was so much fun. I I I wouldn't have been able to sleep early if I wanted to. So,
1: tell us so all you about enjoyed about your first con. Yes, tell us all about it
2: your was, first convention. It was pretty spectacular. I got to say. I mean, I th- I think it was a a good one to start with. Um, everyone, the smallest one. So, and I didn't think it was that small. So. It was a good starter convention, and also it was a Friday. But apparently, it was uh, busier than a normal Friday was. So I, I thought it was it was quite enjoyable. I mean, everything from the panel to the you know the autographs, the photo ops. I mean, just hanging out with everyone doing karaoke was was very very fun. No, I know d- I didn't think I would I would have so much fun. I thought it would be more of a chore, but. I enjoyed it every minute, of it, and everything was just so it's a good time. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> did you have thanks? I think <laughs> we saw your video, uh, someone video where you did "Where Is the Love" at karaoke. That was rocking. That was great. Karaoke <laughs> <laughs> was so
2: fun. It was so crazy. Uh, yeah, it, honestly, it feels like you're at a rock concert. <laughs> Not that I've been to very many of them. But I, I, I think that's what it would
1: be like. <laughs> yeah, supernatural conventions. Basically, that's where all supernatural stars go to to be treated like rock stars. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's,
2: it's kind of odd, I, I, but it's it's fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Was that your first any kind of Spanish convention, or just first supernatural?
2: Um. I went to Comic-Con last year. Oh, that's
1: uh, right. That's, that's a little bit of prep for
2: this one. Yeah, so I mean, I got the see from from the back, which was mm-hmm. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I, I did check out the uh, Supernatural panel last year, and uh, thank God it wasn't anything like that. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> that, was, that was insane. Uh, I'm glad that wasn't my first panel. Um, but it was, you know, I think there was maybe 400 people in the audience during the panel, and it was, you know, really good questions. Um, I was wondering where all the crazy people were. I keep hearing about crazy people. I didn't I didn't meet any.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you should have stayed again? for Kenton
1: and Jared. Or Misha's panel, then you would have. <laughs> oh, okay. A little bit different group. <laughs> Everyone tries to not let the crazy out on your first, first call. <laughs> now that you've broken that in... The next one, <laughs> you'll, get, you'll get the
2: undiluted okay. crazy. No, done it. It's the first day. Yes,
1: <laughs> next time, undiluted crazy. Right, <laughs> we, you know we don't we don't want to scare you off. You know we want you to come back. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
2: can't! I can't wait for the crazy. I, I think that's where all the fun happens, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, you finally got to meet DJ Qualls, right? Yeah. Did you wow, ask him where or? Been all this all this time why like Garth's not been there protecting Kevin
2: Garth <laughs> DJ man what a character he's um we're like complete opposites he's he's actually such a crazy guy so many such a vulgar mouth and, and stories to go with it and I'm just like the complete opposite <laughs> but um yeah it was it was great to finally meet him and know, got along pretty well and uh and, yeah, with him and, and Chad, we got to hang out. So, yeah, it was, it was nice to meet some of the other guys on the show that, you know, I've heard so much about that, I you know, I've never met, uh, which is cool. So, all in all, what do you think was your favorite
1: part of the convention?
2: Oh, I think doing the panel. Doing the panel is quite, either the panel or karaoke, because one, karaoke was just it's just like a big part. Actually, one of my favorite things was just running through the crowd. Well, not running, but walking through the crowd and just talking to people, and that was quite nice. And the panel, you know, just very comfortable for me just to sit and answer questions. I like doing that. Mm-hmm. And you Never know what what they might ask. Some really Smart, intelligent questions, and there's some weird ones, but those are fun, and you know, it was it was a good mix. Mm-hmm. So probably,
1: did you crowd yeah, probably, surf?
2: Oh. Sorry?
1: Did you crowd surf in the karaoke?
2: No, <laughs> <usually> You're, they Twice, because I asked about that. I'm like, I heard we get to crowd sir. They're like, oh, yeah, they kind of do that sometimes, but you really shouldn't. Um,
0: <laughs> there's
2: like, the photo ops. There'll be a, bond, a bunch of people that'll want to pick you up. Um, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Yes."
1: laughs> so it's basically, like, we have rules. Nobody listens to us. Please try to listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> too much. are kind of sad that
2: no one to them. It's like, you know, we don't, you know, some someone could get dropped, you know, there's just so many problems that could come with it. like, okay, I kind of understand that. I didn't want to put them in that weird position. <laughs> <laughs> volunteers are so great. I mean, it's, it was weird for them. You know, they they wanted to, you know, it's like, okay, we have to do our jobs and, you know, we have certain rules that we have to follow. And, like, all of us are just, like, not listening ever. Like, oh, I feel so bad.
1: <laughs> I think they're, they say we, I think they feel like they just have to say it and they can say, well, we told them the rules, you know, so we're coming. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. they try, but they
2: they they definitely try. <laughs>
1: mhm.
2: And it's very yeah, very much appreciated.
1: Mhm. Now, uh, when when's your next supernatural convention?
2: Uh, the next one's gonna be in Birmingham, England. Yeah, oh, okay.
0: cool! A week very and a
2: half. Cool. My goodness, that's so soon. Um, so I'm going to England for for the first time, which will be an experience. Great! I- nice. Um, And I'm going back to Beijing um, right after, so I get to go home for a bit, which will be pretty cool.
1: Um, Sonia, a.k.a. Winchester Woman on Twitter, just tweeted to us and told us to tell you that she's at at the New Jersey convention right now and can't listen, but to tell you that everybody loves you at the convention.
2: Uh, (laughs) That's such a good time. I... I will rave about New Jersey for a while. (laughs) Good starter one. (laughs) Actually, I'm kind of scared of asylum, because apparently, so New Jersey was only one day. Honestly, it feels like it almost didn't happen. It was so short. Um, (laughs) So, three-day one, I I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the European cons kind of stretch you guys in a different way. So, it, it is a different experience, I'm sure. But you're
0: always going to remember your first, so
1: if Jersey's
2: your first, you always remember your first. Pretty
1: much. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm glad you're coming to Chicago, because I go to that con.
2: I heard Chicago was was, the biggest one after Vegas, right? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chicago was was the first first they ever did.
2: Oh, that's so cool. And I think my favorite thing about the cons is actually, like, like, the fans, obviously, they're great. But, um just the stories I hear from them. So many of them meet, like, such close friends from these conventions. And, you know, before, when I got in, I was just hanging outside with uh, with some of the, the people attending. And um, and one of them was just talking about how she picked up, like, 20 different people at Vegas on, because she lives in Vegas. I told wow. You know. wow. Yeah, and I just thought, you know, I'm like, wow, what a, what a sweet what a sweet girl, and, you know, it's everyone does this, you know, it's, this, this fandom just kind of supports each other, and, and I just find that the mm-hmm. a heartwarming, you don't really see that very
1: often. It's true, so many of us have become friends just through the fandom, you know, it, all, you know, all of us have just made, like, well, the three of us here with the podcast, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, that's how we got to know each other was, you know, because of the show and through the fandom, so... Yeah, it brings, it brings us together and makes lifelong friendships.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. That's And that's really cool because all the fandoms that I've been a part of, it's like, well, I'm into this more than you. It, it becomes a competition. And uh, we don't become friends because of that. Like, we like it, but I'm better at liking it than you. That's <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see one that doesn't have that. <laughs>
1: Did,
0: We're um,
1: a, <laughs> did any of the um, Other guys Did they give you any pointers Before the convention On you know How they'll be What to do You know What what it would be like uh,
2: I had a One of the volunteers um, There Well everyone Everyone there Pretty much backstage And the guys there, Before every event I'm like okay So This is my first time uh, what you know, what should I expect? You know, is there anything that I should be doing in particular? And, you know, for the most part, they're like, no, nah, you, you'll you'll figure it out when you get out there. It's not, you know. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it really kind of, it is it self-explanatory. There's just a few things like, okay, um, there'll be two lineups. So you go left and you go right, and then you go left and you go right. I'm like, okay, that's easy enough. Um, for karaoke, <laughs> it's like, okay, they they did their own unveiling because we had, um, uh, we had a few guys that hadn't showed up yet and uh, and was it? Richard Richard was just choreographing how he was going to introduce everyone and it was you know, karaoke was I, I karaoke before and it, this was not
1: <laughs> not what I expected <laughs> It was just a big free right? for all <laughs> Oh
2: my goodness, yeah, there, it was a mess, but it was a fun mess uh, <laughs>
1: I thought Matt yeah, made a, a lovely cheerleader and <laughs> Yeah <laughs> he, They
0: had quite the
1: outfits Richard <laughs> got Jensen to send his
2: uh, Send his lifeguard Costume in for the weekend It's kind of cool
1: Oh, the red shorts
2: Yeah mm-hmm. it's uh, That's that awesome that,
1: that he was wearing Jensen's actual shorts That's so cool
2: he has to return them over it. I think he has to send them back already. It's like, we we have to lend it to you, but you have, you have to send them back immediately.
1: <laughs> I'm sure Jensen was like, please don't send them back. I don't want to see them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, they they were his idea. His idea.
0: Best laid plans. plans. To back. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, about this episode, this was
1: a... Awesome, amazing episode, and you—you you just rocked it. It was—it was just mm-hmm. a great, great episode.
2: Oh, oh thank you. I—I I have to give credit to this on this one for for Ben um, Edlund for writing it. Uh, honestly, I—I I mean, I loved—I loved, I loved the script to death when I first read it. And—and um, and I said this during my panel, but I—I I actually practiced this this episode more than I've ever practiced anything. Usually, I just kind of wing it. Um, You know, usually, you you have a conversation, and, you know, it kind of makes sense. You don't really have to memorize too much, uh, especially for my character. This time, it was the first time I've actually gotten such big chunks of dialogue. Uh, And what was really crazy for me was that it all happened on the on the first day of filming this episode. So, you know, usually I'm on an episode. I have, like, a a few weeks. And so, you know, the first day is not my strongest just because it takes some time to get back into character. So this one, I, I found out that all my heavy scenes, it was the video scene and the scene with Crowley. It was all on the same day and the first day. And so, like, the whole weekend prior, I just practiced so hard on it. And when it came to I don't know, it just felt so quickly, and uh, it was actually like my least favorite day on set just because I was so upset at myself but i'm I'm glad it turned out okay
1: oh, uh, you the scene where Kevin is doing the video email is that the one you're talking about?
2: yeah, yeah it was a video email and the one with Crowley at the end. I mean, we were even joking because usually Crowley has all the dialogue, and I, you know, I am like, "Mom," and Crowley does like ten lines, and I'm like, "Mom, no." And <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he well, you you did great because the the video email was just heartbreaking. I mean, it, it was, just it was, it was just traumatic so to hard listen to. Yeah, and we knew you were was, alive, and it was a heartbreaker to listen to. Exactly. <laughs>
2: Uh, Yeah, when I read that script, I I was, I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) am I going to die again? (laughs) I'm going to die again.
1: (laughs) We don't want Kevin to die, no. But I finally did.
2: I I died for (laughs) a second. For like one, half of the scene I died. I was dead.
1: Oh, in this episode, you were technically dead?
2: Yeah, because Metatron revived me at the end there. Oh, okay.
1: Because that's why he says give him a minute. Yeah, that's why he says give him a minute, and when he restores him. Yeah. Okay, I thought he just was like healing. Yeah. Okay, very cool.
2: So I have been inducted. I had my first death.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I was curious. about since you were dead briefly, would that trigger another prophet? So are there two prophets right now? That's what oh, i wondering.
2: That's, that's a good point. Um, not not to my knowledge.
1: No, no. Kind of like on hey. Buffy the Vampire Flyer in Tuesday. Exactly. My, yeah, mom, yeah. my mom said, she said, Buffy already did this. I said, we don't know yet. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess Metatron was Kevin's protector. And, of course, Metatron without, wasn't uh, um, involved in any kind of news or or. In touch with the world and not even in touch with the prophets or anybody having to do with heaven, because I've been wondering where was Kevin's archangel or protector? Well,
2: I don't. I don't think Metatron was Kevin's archangel. actually I think it was um, the fact that Dean made a plea out for Kevin, mm-hmm. and, and Metatron acted out. He's like, you know, just like, okay, fine, I'll give you this. Because the whole story with Metatron is that he was recluse, right? he he'd purposely shut himself off from the world to you know, to keep himself away from all of that. Um and he just intervened um for the sake of Kevin from the plea of being. I mm-hmm. think that's my understanding anyways, from reading from reading the script. I think some of the stuff was cut out a bit. But um I think that was the idea, not that Metatron was my archangel. But because uh, he's not an archangel, he's a scribe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: right. He Basically, right. says he's not an archangel, so I agree with your assessment of it. Mhm.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that. I think that's the, the well, whatever they intended was <laughs> that it was because de- of Dean <laughs> yeah. Dean's plea that mm-hmm. Kevin was dead I just thought dead. it made
1: sense that if he wasn't in touch with anything, that's why no. No, no, one, no angel has been around to, to protect because the other prophets we've seen when they're in danger, uh, an archangel shows up and they haven't for Kevin. So I said, well, if he wasn't in touch and I know he's a scribe of God, but here's Kevin interpreting the word of God so I thought, well, maybe he's the exception to the archangel rule. Anyway, uh, it was a thought. They're,
2: they're supposed to come up <laughs> he's in danger or when he's about to die.
1: Just in danger.
2: Oh, well, my finger got come- <laughs> I've been threatened a ton of times with
1: no archangel. <laughs> so, That's yeah. why I was wondering where's Kevin's archangel because he's not very good <laughs> at his job <laughs> at <home>. all. <laughs> maybe, maybe his archangel was one that um, died. Maybe he's one that Castiel killed or something when Castiel was crazy there for a while. Maybe it was Raphael or Gabriel or somebody. Yeah, they're probably I mean, there's, dead. Unfortunately. There's only four archangels, right? And they're
2: all they're all tied away somewhere. I was hoping Castell was gonna be mine, but probably not.
1: <laughs> I was hoping that earlier in the season and then you know it didn't happen, so I was like, Oh, never mind. <laughs> yes, yeah, I don't
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um I as far as I know, Kevin has no archangel, so mm-hmm. Maybe all changed. We still have two episodes to find out. Although, no, I guess I guess we won't because I've I've mm-hmm. already been saved by Metatron. I'm sorry.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why so did been... Sam and oh, Dean bring Kevin to the Men of Letters bunker? <laughs>
2: uh, okay. So this was actually <laughs> thought out um, of the script. But originally when I read it, they, they did refer, it's like, oh, we should have brought him in. Um, and it was because I, I refused, um, because I, you know, I made, I made the house my, you know, my sanctuary, you know, that was my Desert. Um, uh-huh. but, but then again, I did say maybe we should move out of here. <laughs>
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, thanks for clearing it up because I had seen that asked in several places, fans and you know uh, re- uh, recaps and whatever they were wondering. So why why wasn't Kevin brought to the Men of Letters bunker? And now we know it was Kevin's Kevin's choice to stay where he was. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, it was. It was Kevin's choice until it got too late when he wanted to leave. And he mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too comfortable.
1: Mm. On a completely different part of the episode, was it fun <laughs> spraying Jared um, and Jensen with the water gun?
2: Oh my goodness, yes! Um, this particular water gun was quite powerful, so you can control how how intense the water comes out by the amount of pressure. You, you know, it's it's like a one to one ratio on how hard you pull and how fast the water comes out, and um, no so what happened was i gave i gave jensen a little squirt to begin with i'm like okay i like jensen he's been nice to me then jensen and i unload the rest of it i enjoyed that so much and then we had to cut because it caught everyone off guard yeah that thing was pretty powerful um Actually, did I, I? I might have given him like a red mark. It. it was actually quite strong. Like we were shooting it against the wall after, and it, it made like such a nasty sound. Um, obviously, by the end of the, the that take, um, Jared grabbed the gun and started spraying our cameraman Brad. Um, but it was it was it was awesome. I every time I get to spray of people with water, usually Jared and Jensen, it's it's pretty, it's a good day. <laughs>
1: It's a good day. (laughs) Yeah. Have there been any um, repercussions from that?
2: (laughs) No. Those guys play way too many pranks to, like, feel the need to retaliate.
1: (laughs) Was it um, different with, you know, with the foes, Sam and Dean, at the beginning? You know, was it different? You know, filming with the fake Sam, fake Dean. Did it feel different than filming when when Jared and Jensen
2: are playing actual Sam and Dean? Uh, well, actually, you know what? This that scene, we actually did a real rehearsal. Believe it or not, um, they well actually no, sorry, we had like five minutes of a real rehearsal, and then they went stupid robots. Um, so first they were like, okay, usually I hold the beer like this. This time I'll hold the beer like this, and uh, and then Jared's like. Sometimes I talk like this, but other times I talk like a robot. And they start seeing the robot. And they both the robot. <laughs> Actually, 20 minutes. And every scene, he's like, Kevin, special, okay? And they will yeah, kind of like the robot dance. Like the entire scene. And, like, knock over books and stuff.
1: It's
2: pretty ridiculous.
1: <laughs> oh, that's <you're> <laughs> Jared Uh, But, yeah.
2: At the end, when when we actually did do the take, you know, they all picked a few things that they don't don't normally do, and they changed it up a bit. Um, Jared with his facial expressions, Dean with his general mannerisms. I mean, the stuff they say isn't isn't very normal either. So yeah, it was you know subtle, but it was definitely fun to watch. Like we
1: we were talking before. Um you, um, before you had called in and we were, you know, talking about how it was just so weird that for the episode to open up with, you know, Kevin in the boat, Sam and Dean showing up, it's like, what's going on? Because the last time we saw, you know, you were, had been taken away and Sam and Dean didn't know where you were. So yeah, it was, it was crazy.
2: The holodeck. Leave it to Ben Edlin to write the holodeck episode. Yeah, it's, (laughs) um... (laughs) I was so happy with this episode. I mean, it's such a cool episode. Yeah, like Ben. Ben's my favorite. I mean, he created the Kevin character, and you know, and I wrote him an email as soon as I read the script. I'm like, you know, Ben, once again, you've written a great, great episode, and you know, I thought I was, I really thought I was going to die this episode, actually, and um, and I told him if I were to die, at you know. I'm glad it would have been on one of your episodes. You know, it's just... He did such an amazing job. And seriously, if I were to die at that last scene, which I think was originally intended, um, I would have been okay with it because this was a pretty kick-ass episode. But I'm also very glad that (laughs) he... We
1: are too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, I mean, I... I, I know you can't say that i I hope Kevin makes it to season nine, somehow. Oh, my god I, hope, I I wish I
2: knew um I hope so, I hope so,
1: yeah, so you know if you do die, I mean nobody's ever truly dead and gone on supernatural, so even if kevin is dead he could he could come back again, yeah. so
2: i mean that's 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 what we're all banking on, even if you're dead <laughs> <laughs> even Bobby even, even if you're dead your bones are burned your ghosts.
1: Exactly. Everybody she comes looked- back on this show in one way or another.
2: <laughs> Pretty much. <clears throat> yeah.
1: Now you mentioned the holodeck. So that was um that was a fake boat in a fake world that Crowley created,
2: right? That was in Crowley's stage. Um he you, you know, it's his own theater. They took Kevin away. Another episode where Kevin is kidnapped. Uh, put him away in this thing and created this world that seemed real. So the, you know, the holy water wasn't holy water. You know, in that world it is, but it's probably just water, it's kind of like the Matrix.
1: Oh, okay. That answers a good question. I was wondering mm-hmm. why the fake Sam and Dean weren't affected by the holy water if they were demons, and it was because it was all just a creation of Crowley.
2: Exactly So everything. Everything was fake. So when Sam and Dean, at the end of the last episode that I was in, Sam and Dean came into the houseboat. That was the real houseboat. You know, everything was gone. Mm -hmm. So Crowley created everything from scratch or whatever it was made of. And that was to, you know, to trick me into thinking that that's exactly it. Right. So I had all my notes and everything. But all the other stuff that is usual, you know, the salt lines, all that stuff, it's probably just. Made up, or I know, you know. What do you replace? No. <laughs>
1: that's very good to know because I was just wondering what kind of demon, you know, what kind of demons were there that weren't affected by holy water. So, thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. And Kevin has gotten the best of Crowley, the king of hell, twice <laughs> now, and that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
2: that is pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Like, now that he's a full-on daddy, it's like, now it feels good. Now it feels good to get him back.
1: Mm-hmm. The, the, badass, mean, the badass Kevin scene, yeah, that was just the best scene of the whole episode. That was very cool.
2: Uh, I finally get one where I'm not afraid of stuff. Huh. It's it's nice
1: for a change, I'll tell you that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it was good to see your character so calm and sarcastic mm. in a in almost like that quiet, deadly kind of way. It's really well played.
2: Well yeah. yeah, It's just someone who's pushed up against the wall with no nah. he's already I mean he, he's already accepted that he's lost it all and he's just trying to make the best of that. So you know, that is the scariest A you know? Person is the most powerful when he doesn't care for or want anything else. So that was, um, yeah, that was a really fun scene to to do, Mm. to rehearse.
1: (laughs) Kevin's come such a long way, because the first time we see Kevin, he's, you know, he's a good student, he's very intense, and, and, but so, so grounded in normalcy, and just, just biggest, biggest thing on his plate is what college is he going to go to, and it's just. Amazing how that character has grown and evolved over a season a season and a half. It's a, it's really wonderful. Have you had fun like going starting out with AP Kevin and that all the way to badass Kevin now?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the what, seven seven twenty one was my first, so this is exactly a season in or a se- full season for Kevin in terms of episodes. And yeah, uh, <laughs> my my friends were showing me. So, like pictures of my progression, different in every stage of Kevin going crazy. Also, my hair is like almost the same length as it was. Well, I mean, it it almost grew back out to the advanced placement length, which is um, <laughs> kind of funny. Because I at the beginning of the season, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have short entire season. Um, but now Kevin's hair is the only one that grows, and <laughs> yeah, I got. Actually, a decent length.
1: I was thinking about, um, you know, this being about a year since your first episode because you you were on our um, podcast for the reading is fundamental episode, and you were um, you had some Cinco de Mayo activities you were going to go to, and that is the same as this weekend. So I was like, oh, it's like a one year anniversary of our Osric podcast. <laughs>
2: oh. yeah. <laughs>
1: I didn't think I'd last
2: this long.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, pretty sure they were gonna kill me like several times by now, but they just they just kept they keep delaying it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, we you know we just got to keep Kevin on the show. We don't want you to die. We love Kevin.
2: Uh, if yeah, I mean it. I, I understand if he has to die for... You know, I, I'd rather a good story than me, like, staying longer than my welcome. You know, I, I don't want to be one of those characters like, oh, he's still around. So if, if I die, you know, that episode would have been a good episode to die on. But I, I think there's there's a lot that can be explored with Kevin, thankfully. So um, hopefully the creators can be creative with it, whether it's the writers. Yeah, no, that'd be good. I wouldn't mind doing another season. So we'll see.
1: Bardic voice on Twitter um, she said um, she wanted us to ask you about your visual effects work she said the supernatural visual effects crew called, um, said that you know a lot of your stuff about it
2: I know oh, I mean I don't know a lot about it I know enough to know exactly to know what, what things are um, that's oh god visual sex. okay so visual effects started for me in China and it, I mean, China is just, it's like the old Hollywood, like the wild, wild east for film, where, you know, things are kind of in flux. No, no one really understands what's going on. There there are some really talented people, but there's no infrastructure to hold it in place. And um, I did my first Chinese movie there, like I'm saying, to my move to Beijing. And, you know, I just got along with a lot of people on... Um, you know, the director, the producer, the visual effects supervisor on set, and um, they're all from the States. And, you know, so we got along. You know, we all speak English. And I ended up helping out with the visual effects. I even I had no idea what anything was, but, um you know, they were so swamped, and, I you know, I, I like to help people. So I just ended up going and hanging out with them, and slowly but surely I became, you know, the visual effects um, supervisor's assistant. And, you know, my... My task just kept increasing, you know, because they're really short on staff, and uh, and so I ended up court like almost like post production coordinator, um, and super uh, special effects uh, supervisor because he had to do his own special effects, and I had to kind of help manage the Chinese team, and so <laughs> over like two months I was living in this animation studio that did visual effects. I'm just, like, watching this entire process from the modeling, the texturing, the lighting. And I, I got my first post-production, like, my first first behind-the-scenes credit ever, and that was um, that was pretty crazy. So, it, it, I mean, it opened my eyes to the visual effects, and one day on Supernatural, I decided I would crash the visual effects trailer. And it's this, trailer that's parked there, it's always there, but no one ever, you don't really notice it, or no one ever goes in, and I was just curious, I'm like, I always wanted to see what's in there, so I opened up the door, and there's, like, nine guys sitting in a line in the dark, and they will staring I was like, God, oh, it's so bright, and, um, and they were working on, you know, on some of, uh, the shots for, for that episode, so I got to see the, the shot where I was, I had all my limbs cut off. Or not cut off, but they're gone.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Like, I got to see all the different shots that they're making. You know, and they're, like, the coolest guys. And, you know, they barely go outside, so you never see them. They just got banned from Crafty, which is sad. Apparently they're (laughs) being... I don't know. Um, But they're really cool. And they they showed me all these shots, like, oh, we we love this shot, but we couldn't use it because... It has too much blood, and, you know, we started talking about, it. it's like, okay, if it's CW, we can have blood squirting if it's a demon, but if it's a human, we can't show any blood squirting, or, you know, we you know, and there's just so much to learn, and a lot of them are actually very talented, um, and I, and I told them, you know, I was very impressed with this sex, I, I thought they improved quite a bit from last year, and, uh, yeah, and, and so I, I hang out with them every now and then, because, uh, I know, I I I find that the visual effects community is just so underappreciated that um, you know, learning about it definitely helps me appreciate it and so I'm um, I'm glad I I popped in that trailer. It's definitely not gonna be the last time I do that. Um I think they're probably just wrapping up on the last episode. They're working seven days a week for the last month. So yeah, they they deserve a shout out. Mm-hmm. Completely agree
0: <laughs>
1: with you, yes. Oh yeah. It's the kind of thing where depending on the effect if they do their job really well, you don't notice exactly that's you know, so yeah, they absolutely deserve lots and lots of credit and kudos they are extra they are you they're a huge part of what makes the show amazing is all mm-hmm. of the, yes. the great great visual effects that is on are on the show.
2: Yeah, I mean, the stuff there, like, the one that, the first one that really stuck out in my mind was the Crowley, when Crowley possessed uh, my mom, uh, mm-hmm. Mama Tran,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, that smoke that came out of her mouth, I thought that was so cool, because before they yeah. had to lock the camera, and it was, you know, it was very, it was a very simple shot, you know, camera doesn't move, and the smoke just comes out, very easy, simple compositing, this year, you know, they can move the camera and the smoke's like swirling everywhere. It's just crazy. And it was just you know, the stuff that they're able to do. Also, I think they have like three, four hundred extra shots this year and less time to do it, and they still managed to finish with less people. So it's you know, it's just <laughs> yeah, I can't rave about those guys enough. <laughs> we
1: yeah. We agree with you. They don't. They're, they are definitely some of the unsung heroes. They definitely need to get more attention because Supernatural has some of the best effects on television. That is very mm-hmm.
2: true. And it's a good team. It's a good team. I'll bring them donuts next time.
1: <laughs> Speaking of effects, um, the scene where Crowley picks you up with one hand and he's choking you against the wall. How did they? That were you on,
2: like, you know, um, something that raised you up, or you know, how, how was that scene filmed? Oh, uh, that's an easy spine me, so I just stepped up on it and then went on my toes, and and yeah. So a- anytime you you don't see something bo- like underneath, you know, there's easy place to put a platform or something. Um, so the shot where. I, I have no limbs where it just dropped into the ground. I was standing in a box, like a hole.
0: Uh huh.
2: And, and that that quickly filled with blood. That was yeah. not fun. <laughs> I mean, it, it was fun. Anytime you deal with a lot of blood, it, it usually is fun, but it might be a few days. it was just, it was, it was a pain to wash off. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was, that was a sticky day.
1: A lot of people were asking, back in Season 7 when Dick Roman had you kidnapped there at his headquarters, um, you said that you were a vegan, yet in this episode, um, you know, we see Kevin eating ribs. So what, you know, is he not a vegan anymore, or did he just, you know, lie so he wouldn't have to eat the food at Roman, you know, at the Dick Roman headquarters since, you know, they were poisoning everybody with the food?
2: Uh, okay, so I actually, I fought for the vegan thing for a while. So back when the hot dog came, um, you know, they, they gave me the options. Uh, we can do beef, turkey, chicken hot dog. And I'm like, actually, is there a tofu, you know, he's vegan he's tofu dogs. So I'm like, yeah, okay, we can give tofu dogs. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know, we we never said out loud what it was. But I had it to be tofu dogs anyways. Um, the fact that I had to eat it raw probably better too. But um, the fact is, I was still a vegan at that point. When When I read that there were ribs, I actually... Called one of the writers up and like, hey, you know, there's um, you know, Kevin Vegan thing. Are we are we scrapping that? And uh, and oh, good point. They actually had a discussion about it, and um, and in the end, they didn't change anything. And you know, it. I mean, the I, I have it in my head. You know, when you have so many other things to worry about, <laughs> I mean, one the Winchesters. they are not gonna go out of their way to. Buy vegan food. I mean, Dean barely knows how to buy a salad, right? Um,
0: (laughs) That's one. (laughs) Two, you're trying to save
2: the world, your family, your friends. You know, it's just the type of food you eat doesn't become as important. You know, he he Kevin hasn't really been taking care of himself. He's just working. I don't think I think he's he's past the point of caring. And um, and especially that last episode, that was kind of his last meal in his mind. He just ordered something that was far away. And that was a, the only thing he could think
1: of. You saying that makes sense within the episode because Kevin's whole thing about figuring out Sam and Dean weren't real was, like he tells Crowley, they were too nice. They were too accommodating. So you saying that there's no way Dean would be that accommodating enough to really care about Kevin's dietary desires makes a lot of sense.
2: Exactly, and, and no, I know. I think that was a nice thing too. I don't. I I don't think Kevin gives them enough credit. I, I think the Winchesters really care for Kevin, and but you know they haven't shown it very often. But I I, I think it's there.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that's enough. That way because they're not exactly accommodating with each other, and yet the show is all about each other for them. So. It's kind of in a weird way. Their way of accepting Kevin is to treat him like a little brother.
2: Exactly, they expect Kevin to be like them, which is honestly a very honest and yeah, it's a, it's a form of respect. So that's kind of cool.
1: Now, I was wondering what um, if when Kevin survives this whole thing. Do you think he would be able to go to a college like he, he had planned, you know, before all this, before the whole profit thing happened? Or has his life just changed so much that he just couldn't live a normal life? and, Or, do, you know, do you think he would try to go and have the college life?
2: No, I think it's much much too far from that point. Especially, especially with his mom gone, you know, he, your priorities change. When... I mean, as an Asian American myself, you know, the only reason why I would ever have even thought about choosing that route that Kevin was taking, you know, trying to go to Princeton and all that, you know, is to have a family, support them, and, you know, take care of my parents. And that's the only motivation I have to do that. It's because they raised you up. You know, when when your parent, you know, when your parents are gone, we also don't know what... I'm also curious about my dad, but (laughs) besides that, um you know he's he's way past that point you know ignorance is bliss for most of the world for kevin it's not anymore he knows so much he can you know i don't think anyone could if you knew all that and the fact that if you if you could even do something a little something to to help in the cause you would because otherwise you you just you're a little bit evil right? so just the fact that he knows there's these things you know, that go in the night, that are killing people, he would try to do something, especially because, you know, he doesn't have any friends. He has no family left, and what's left? You know, the Winchesters are pretty much his only friends at this point. So I, I think he would, you know, if he doesn't die, along with them, or try to start his own life, but I think he'd probably be drawn back to hunting, because you know, that's I think that's all he can do at this point.
1: Well, now you really depressed me, Osric, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I <laughs> like, aw. Poor Kevin. I I, it, really, it really didn't have to hit home until you said it that, you know, Kevin really yeah. has you know, no friends, no family. Just the no friends was really sad. But it's true. Yeah. To, like, did he have uh, it is yeah, <laughs> it's that actually you
2: know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> because we see him interact with the Winchesters, so it doesn't really occur to us as viewers that he has no friends per se, but you as the actor portraying him and having to get into his head and you putting yourself in that headspace, it makes so much sense,
2: well, you think Yeah, have- also you. If he had any friends, he he probably would have tried reaching out by now. Or mentioning something, but
1: he hasn't. No. Right, well, well you, no, know so so he he, you know, he had a girlfriend. He had the girlfriend that, you know, he saw Crowley kill her. So, well, that's what yeah. I was going to say. He's in a place where he can't, even if he has friends, he can't reach out to them because then they become liabilities and fate. Exactly. And that's sad.
2: Plus, you know. Old is he, 17, seventeen, eighteen. He's a year and a half removed. Hasn't talked to him. You know it. Yeah, I don't know. That is
1: sad. Man, that is sad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: what I'm I'm hanging something. on to a little bit of delusion that Mama Tran is still alive. Yeah, I, I fully believe that. I'm sorry, I'm it's, not giving up that she's. I don't. I, I, I didn't see it happen, so. And Crowley, he's a demon. He lies. So I'm I'm, sure. I'm hanging Everyone out a
0: little bit.
1: Or maybe when all this is said and done, the gift that Kevin will get is his mother back. Because I just refuse mm. to believe that we won't see Lauren again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can't wrap my head around that.
2: No. Oh, Lauren, i miss her. sure. <laughs> we did too.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what?
2: doors are always open. Again, even if everyone dies, they'll do, like, an episode in heaven or hell. And there we all are.
0: (laughs) True. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Always always a possibility.
1: You've been in several supernatural episodes now. What has been your favorite episode?
2: Favorite in what sense? (laughs) <laughs> tough one. The one, uh, let's
1: see, what I've been else? in
2: eleven there. episodes now.
1: Maybe the one that was the most fun to film.
2: The one that was most fun to film would still would still have to be the first one I ever did. Um Reading is Fundamental. That was also a Ben Edlin episode and I mean being the first one, you know, it was just getting into the groove of things, figuring it out. And uh, that was the one where I got to do the most stunts, you know, and I love stunts Um, with, you know, the chase scene with uh, Jared, them hoisting me up when I got shocked by lightning. That was, well, that was so uncomfortable, but, um, but I loved every minute of it. And it was, yeah, it was just, Um, By the end of that episode, you know, I I could really see how, just how close the the crew and the cast was. And (laughs) if I knew I would, you know, if I knew how long I would be on the show, I would have been so happy to be part of it. You know, it was, you know, it was just one of those things like, man, I wish I could be a part of that group. And now I am. And it's, you know, thinking back, it's just, it's such a nice feeling. Yeah. The first episode for sure. Just so so many things about it. You know, Jared had a baby during the episode. That's kind of cool. He's so nice right. on his first date. Had a baby. You know, then the prank started, and he was you know, it's like, oh, this is the real him. <laughs> I think everyone in general is a little bit nicer for, um, on my first episode, so. <laughs> Gilly,
1: Gilly Rules on Twitter wants to know what has been your most unpleasant experience on Supernatural?
2: Um, I got a, I got a toss-up between... The last episode I did, just because, uh, I mean, and this is probably because I'm just a little bit hard on myself, but uh, the last episode, just because I rehearsed it so much that I knew exactly how I wanted it, and it didn't feel like, the way I rehearsed it. Like, I mean, I, I spent hours just, like, I made my own videos, you know, with my computer before. I'm like, I think it took me, like, 23 takes before I got one that I liked. I'm like, I need to do this for tomorrow. And I couldn't. And also, with the scene with Crowley, I had I so many, like, okay, I want to do this, I want to do this, and then it just didn't happen that way. So probably because I overanalyzed it, that was very frustrating for me. And the other one was... um uh, I was talking about this on my panel. This is we're at the diner. I think this was for we need to talk about Kevin or what's up, Tiger Mommy. I think this is we need to talk about Kevin. So we're we're at the diner and I'm just telling him that we have to go and get my mom. And it was the last scene of that that uh, that location. Where we're losing sunlight. I was I had a flight for LA in a few hours. Jared had to go see his baby somewhere, and. You know, we already shot everyone else, and it was just the last shot was on me. And um, this scene was basically between me and uh, Dean. So, you know, Jared just kind of had to sit there for his one line, and his mind wanders so fast. So, we're doing it, and he keeps shoving his foot in my crotch and my knee, and I'm so ticklish. And I just, I could not stop laughing. You know, I keep, oh, Jared, please. You know, it was the last shot. Like I don't want to be late for my flight. You know, I try to be so polite, and you know, keeps doing it. So I get so frustrated. I'm just yelling, at him. I'm like Jared. And you know, and because I'm, it, he's tickling me because I'm ticklish. You know, I can't even yell at him properly because I'm laughing while I'm doing it. So he doesn't take me seriously. And on top of this, like the whole crew kind of gets in on it. They're like, come, come on, Andre, we're losing light. I'm like, guys, do you not see his gigantic foot down there? <laughs> and so finally, finally, I get like a, I'm like, I, he doesn't do it. And I get a straight take. And then Dean, you know, Jensen says like this, I forget what he says, but he says this stupid line. And I'm like, come on, the one take where he doesn't do it. And then he does it again in the next take. And so by the end of it, I just have to like, I stomped on one of his foot, like his like left foot with my, my left foot. And I like held up the other foot to stop his other foot. So I had, like, my, my legs up, and I just did that last line, and we got one good take, and that was it. Not, not <laughs> a-
1: <laughs> oh, those crazy guys. <laughs>
2: mm.
1: You know you're part of the family when Jared's of like, <laughs> when his foot in your crotch, <laughs> That you know. So. he yeah, because been it to Misha, too, so, yes. But that's his way yep. of saying he accepts <laughs> He puts his foot in your crotch. <laughs> and let's see um, oh I was going to ask you what you have had some amazing lines you've had some great funny lines you've had some serious heartbreaking lines has there been one line of yours that has, has just you know stood out in your mind as just a great line
2: Yes, that's in the in the last episode of the season.
1: Uh, ah, yeah. okay.
0: That you'll ha- a- <laughs> after,
1: after that airs, you'll have to tweet it and tell us which line that was. So. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: <laughs> I will, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll be watching mm-hmm. it and
1: have to make our guesses as we're watching. So, ooh, maybe that's the line.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that... that that scene in particular was very difficult to film, I just remember. Actually, I don't even know if we were able to get it, to be honest. I, that whole episode, it was like there were storms outside. And the wind was just going sideways with the rain. It's was just crazy. So, hopefully that, that line is still in there. <laughs> I hope so. We'll
1: keep our fingers crossed.
0: Mm. That's all I can. Okay.
1: Now, I I did, I just have to ask you uh, my last question for you. Um, Susan and Jenny may have some more, but I want to know what's the story behind your Twitter name, Badonka Donkey? Yes.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> if you can.
2: <laughs> I have an LA, Chris. He he works at a video game company and his handle is Pwiff. Uh The problem with Pwiff is that the way it's written, people might mispronounce it. Pwif, and because he was going to be like a public figure in his company, they're like, oh, because we don't want people saying like cleef, You know, it's, it's, you know, there's just so much you can make fun of. So he he was trying to think of a different name to change it to. And uh, and he decided that he wanted to do animal rap, like an animal rapper name, and and this is from Flight of the Concords with the hip hop mm-hmm. The rhinoceros, and he's like, I spent hours and I can't think of one. You know, I picked animals, I picked all these hip hop na- like words, and I just you couldn't think of one. I think his best one was like the alliteration gator or something. It was terrible. Anyways, so we just kind of, with another friend Eric, we just started talking about all these names. Like okay, We started trying to think of names and Eric came up with Mingo, And he's like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Flamingo. It's like, just to make sure that's not a fluke, you gotta come up with another one. And eventually, he came up with the Badonka Donkey, And Chris hated that but I loved it so much. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's the best possible name. You should totally use it. And and so with Chris, I, we have a, like a lot of we have a lot of banter. We argue constantly. And so I just I took on the the side of the Donkey Donkey. He's like, well, maybe you should make that your name. Like I and, and so I did. <laughs> I'm like, I'll change my, I'll change my Twitter handle to it. And he's like, <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, right, yeah, well, I'll do it right now. <laughs> and then I just did it. And now I kind of like it. And then I had um, someone from England now. She makes these T-shirts. She sent me a Badonky-Donkey T-shirt. And I wore it for um, karaoke last night. It's great.
1: <laughs> and I really
2: like the name. You know, Badonky-Donkey. Also, it bothers Chris a lot every time I, I refer to I it. I
1: like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I, I like to know more with the story.
2: <laughs> and He didn't get it. The donkey, donkey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And slow Man Slow mango is a good one too, but the donkey donkey's the best.
2: See, I I really like the donkey. I don't know. I did not understand how he couldn't like it. I'm like really like that's the best possible one.
1: I I I totally agree with you. I'm go like with you.
2: Yeah, so I'm, to, I'm just going to keep it for a bit until, well, I'll probably, I don't know, until I have something better, but I I like it. I'm going to keep it.
1: <laughs> so that was my last question. Denny, Susan, you got last question for him? I saw somebody was asking on Twitter something about you asking for cookies at the convention, and they wanted to know why you were asking for cookies.
2: <laughs> because there are cookies out there, uh, I got two different kinds of cookies. Uh, <laughs> so I, I every Sunday I do I do Skype sessions, and I forget which Sunday, but a few Sundays ago I was talking to um, this one girl MK. Happened well, actually, I, I had this contest on on uh, on my Facebook page, you know, like best jokes, and her friend won, and she wanted to bring her like a friend on because she was nervous. So her friend MK came on. And um, and turns out she was a pastry chef and she was going to the New Jersey con. And, and so she offered to, to make me pastries. So I'm like, yeah, I love pastries. And I started talking about how I used to, I had a, I had a time in my life where I wanted to gain a lot of weight and I managed to gain 35 pounds in a month. And that was through salsa and nachos and strawberry cheesecake and stuff, so I mentioned that I thought about it, and if I were ever wanting to gain weight on purpose again, I would do it through pastries and she you know she started talking about how she was this pastry chef, and she made these amazing treats and she offered and I'm like, yes, and they turned out to be chocolate chip cookies, very simple but very good and uh and so I saw her at the photo op, and she's like, oh, I brought you cookies, but they weren't there. I'm like, are you going to be there at karaoke? She's like, yes. And when I got to karaoke, I thought it was going to be more chill. You know, everyone's kind of sitting around. But it was this huge pit of people in front of the stage, and we're apparently on stage the entire time. So I'm like, how am I going to get my cookies? So I, I started going around. You know, I just started walking around, and it was, and I'm glad I, I had, I, I did, I ended up doing that, you know, because I just got to talk with so many people and just taking random, you know, pictures and giving everyone hugs. I think the the got kind of crazy with that one. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> so, that was pretty cool. And uh, I totally missed her several times around, and then at the end, I saw her, and she gave me cookies. I'm like, yes, I got my cookies. I ate, like, four of them right there, and I okay. saved the rest for the plane this morning, which I was... Will... I like plane cookies. <laughs> they taste better with the ice
1: I'm so glad you got your cookies.
2: <laughs> that would
1: have been a heartbreaking story if you if you did not get your cookies. <laughs> also, Absolutely.
2: on my search for cookies, I came across other cookies. <laughs> <laughs> what I now
1: fear things. is that every convention you do, you'll be showed yes. boxes and boxes of pastries. It's going <laughs> to be frightening. Well, I, can only go,
2: I can only eat so many cookies. I just, I just needed, the, like, the two. Just needed the
1: two. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed a quick fix. That's all. Just a quick fix.
2: Pretty much. Now, I I, I totally I, I see dozens of cookies food. in your yeah.
1: future at conventions. Every convention, I make you cookies, Osric. Oh. Well, you know
2: what? You know what? I was really missing a bottle of water. They didn't have enough bottles of water. That's what I was missing. Water can, can really
1: always,
2: can always hydrate more. Well, they had a hmm. lot of beer because a lot of the. I was
1: gonna say I've seen the buckets of beer. I'm surprised about I'm buckets of water. I've seen the beer.
2: <laughs> see, but. <laughs> Now the thing with the karaoke and all the guys, I'm the. I think I was the only sober guy, because I, <laughs> I I don't drink alcohol at all, and um oh. he, he had the thing because he's like I love it so much. I don't understand. So we had we had a thing, but um, yeah, there was a ton of beer, and I'm the only. I don't think they were ready for a sober person, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you might not have just been a only sober guest. You might have been the only sober person there, period. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> very
2: positive. There was, there's a lot of um Susan, <laughs> did you have
1: a uh last question for um I I don't think so. I think I yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm sure you'll hang up I was working I'll go, Oh yeah, that's right. I'm just gonna <laughs> cool. i gonna ask I ha I wanna tell you because I know you know you were talking about how you were um you know, you didn't like how the you know, the heartbreaking video email, but I have to tell you, I, I everybody thinks you were amazing in that game. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 just tore me apart watching it. It it was just so heartbreaking and so sad, and it felt terrible for Kevin, and you did an amazing, amazing job there. And the last scene with Crowley, that was awesome, seeing Kevin be a badass and just stand up mm-hmm. to Crowley and just, you know, just sit there and just be cool as a cucumber while talking to the king of hell.
2: You mm. you rocked
1: it. You rocked it. Uh,
2: thank you very much. You're, you're very kind with your words. Uh, again, I, ha- mm-hmm. I have to credit Ben for, for giving me the material to work with. And, uh, yeah, know, as for, you know, Kevin as a character, that was an amazing episode. And I just, yeah, I mean, just the transformation he's been through. I don't I don't know if I could have ever hoped to have a character that's gone through as much as Kevin. You know, usually you're the characters you, you get to play are, you know, two-dimensional, and you're really, you're always stretching for a third, but... You know, I think with Kevin, especially my first, my first look at Kevin Tran, you know it's a stereotypical Asian character. Now that he's just come so far, it's I don't know, it's mind blowing. Now that I'm mm-hmm. here, I really appreciate the super stereotypical start. funny mm. <laughs> Yeah, it, I know it, it's cool. In a lot of ways, I I, I know like, I can't. I think. I think most people kind of go through that transformation, you know, in lesser forms in their life. So, it's cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we we love Kevin Tran, and we love you, Osric, and just you know, mm-hmm. I think you're amazing. And Kevin is one of the our favorite characters in all of Supernatural. And we're so glad that you're on the show, and we want to keep you forever. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we've got cookies. We've got cookies.
2: You do not have to bring them to Chicago. I promise you.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. I hope Kevin. I hope Kevin makes it to next season, and you can maybe visit the Ben of Letters bunker and be a part of that. Oh, new wonderful yeah. angle of supernatural. That would be great. I hope. I think so, Kevin would. Good. Kevin would make yeah. a great man of letters. I think he should. He would
2: fit in mm-hmm. perfectly. Oh, that would yeah. be so cool. I yeah. I I think we're gonna start figuring that out in the next two months. So we'll we'll see what happens if if they bring him back or not. Here's hoping.
1: Yep. 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 Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. We really, really love it every time you're on, Osric. All
2: right, thanks for inviting yep. me.
1: Sorry it was a little technically difficult there at the beginning. I don't know what happened, but I'm glad you persevered and you're on and
2: I figured it out. All right. I'm gonna catch <laughs> I'm gonna catch the hockey games. It's a playoffs and I'm rooting for the Canucks but are not doing so well. But but there's still a chance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the game.
2: All right, will do. Have a good evening.
1: Thanks for talking with us, Osric. All right,
2: bye-bye. Bye.
1: Bye. Thank you, Osric. Bye. Bye. Osric is such a great guest. I just love talking with him. Yeah, I adore him. I do, too. Seriously. It's like, I love that kid. He's so great. And (laughs) And we made it through, like, an entire podcast without... Calling him adorable, <laughs> right, yeah, we, right, we did. <laughs> even though he is <laughs> he really is he's just adorable, just you now, like I said, love that kid, just love him yeah <laughs> i i I can totally see him just buried in cookies, you know at any time he goes <laughs> to a convention now, yeah. oh, you now little I like I'm chocolate a, chip. a little afraid, yeah. Oh, we're so gonna go going to get one going to gain 300 pounds, you know. So <laughs> into a diabetic coma I'm, or something. Yeah. No, I'm pretty, pretty sure we're going to get one of those disclaimers on the creation entertainment site that says, please stop bringing Ozzy Chow cookies and pastries. He cannot <laughs> take them all back on the plane with him. You don't know what to do with them. Please stop. <laughs> You know, he'll just start tweeting out things like, you know, I'm I'm I'll be in Chicago. If you could just bake me a batch of chocolate chip, and you know, and and oatmeal scotchies <laughs> and, and jelly filled, great. Right. You know, know, just whatever put out his order. <laughs> yeah, just put out the order. You know, and oh, and some you know cinnamon buns would be good too. <laughs> no, no cinnamon buns, no. Okay, now I'm getting hungry. So. You know, we, we and I don't have any cookies in the house. <laughs> oh, I do! Boom, what? Oh, shut up! They're just Oreos. They're nothing special. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. know. Oh, oh. How awesome was this episode? This awesome! This episode was so good. Mm-hmm. There was so much in it too. It was a lot going on. Yes. And uh, Jared Padalecki broke my heart in this episode. Sam is just so pitiful. Mm. Uh, it's not just the pitiful, like my my internal shrine to Jared Padalecki, um, my verbal shrine to Jared Padalecki. Not just the heartbreak, but you know, being sick, being like playing sick, having the heartbreaking scenes, plus having the funny scenes. But, you know, we have the, the farty donkey and everything. All of it, <laughs> which you don't feel like should be in the same episode, but between Ben Edlund's writing and Jared's acting, it all worked. Yes, completely. And I think we sometimes, oh, and for for Jared and Jensen, you know, they play Sam and Dean all the time, and that's what we see. And so, like, in the beginning of the episode, the C is slightly off, Um mm-hmm. It's a credit to them as well that we notice that they're off, as the viewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know there is a dan- there is a danger there of playing your character off and nobody noticing. That would suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. It wasn't obvious, but but we we know them so well that it was very subtle. But it was enough where you were you were. Very like, off. It's like there was something, you knew yeah. something was wrong. You're like, wait a minute. There's like, this like, moment where they're coming down on the here. stairs. Yeah, when they're coming down the steps of the boathouse, there's this moment where Jared Assange flips his hair back, and instead of it being like, oh, hair, you go, that's not right. Mm-hmm. Like, even that slight little mo- motion is also. Yeah. So. when he when he first comes into the uh, when when Sam and Dean first the first Sam and Dean first come into the um, boat there with Kevin, Sam is looking up and looking around and smiling. You know, and it's like, you know, what is up with that? You know, he's been on this boat before. Why? Why is he? You know, why mm-hmm. is he doing that? So, and then like Osric mentioned, he did have you know like little different facial expressions. You know, he smiled differently and mm-hmm. you know things like that. And then. You know, when he calls Kevin special K, it's
0: like,
1: oh, yeah, this is not right at all. Yeah. What the hell? You know, (laughs) Dean as well, or, you know, Jensen Plain Dean as well, there are these just really, really subtle physical moments where he's holding himself in a completely different way. Um, You know, the way he talks to Kevin, where he's usually got a, a very domineering, aggressive tone, Mm-hmm. Even when he's being supportive, where it's it's so much more docile. Yeah, and very very subtle and very well done. Mm-hmm. And Crowley's directions were, you know, they were perfect. Crowley was like <laughs> a great director. He was right on everything. Yeah, his his, <laughs> his 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 notes for his actors they were they were they were on it. It's just he didn't have he didn't have the talent to follow through with his vision. Oh, poor Crowley! Yeah. I, you I just know, find it says, that he would be such a good dean. I I thought that was hilarious. I like that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, the um, the the kiss ass demon. He was like, "Oh yeah, you would make a great dean." I love that. It, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it <laughs> kind of reminds you of that. You know, I don't know. I I'm, I'm not a professional actor. I just asked in high school. But you always have that one like, uh, theater tech kind of person who thinks they can act or could step in for somebody, and everybody else knows that, no, no, they couldn't. And that's what that reminded me of. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to hurt their (laughs) feelings. Now, um, the Sir Galahad story oh, my goodness, when Sam was talking about how, you know, he didn't, mm. even as a kid, he didn't think he was, you know, he was clean to be able to, he wouldn't be able to to, pull, to do Mr. Galahad. And then when he said that the trials are purifying him, I was like, first of all, that just, again, I've probably said this a million times in this podcast, it broke my heart, you know, hearing Sam <laughs> say all that. And mm-hmm. it, it was just, Oh, so sad, but then I start to thinking, that would be interesting if that really is what these trials are doing. They are purifying him. They are removing the demon blood from him, and if that is true, you know, because he has said that it's changing, physically changing him that these trials are. Mm-hmm. And if that is the physical change, I really am looking forward to what Sam will be like without the demon blood in him. You know, will he be mm-hmm. a... A different kind of be a different person, you know, what his personality change? What will change with him? I'm very excited about that. And I have to say, because I've always this one of those weird quirks you get because you know real real life stuff interfere with your ability to watch television. But I've always kind of been slightly bothered by the demon blood thing. I'm like, his body metabolized that by the time he was like six months and two days, like really. So it's always been kind of those like, like eh, things for me, but. You know, in in rewatching the the TNT reruns, there's um, at the end of Lucifer Rising where Ruby tells him, you know, he's always had this in you, you know, that you know, basically she was the feather, and mm-hmm. so now the the idea that it is biologically changing him, mm-hmm. I do find I do find far more interesting. Um, well, I always thought him him ingesting the demon blood. It wasn't. Yeah, it was it was digested, metabolized, whatever. But while while it was in him, like like you would eat or drink anything, like a vitamin or a supplement or supplement or a medication, it would have an effect while it was in his system. Yes, yeah, so only while it's in your system. You know, if you t- if you like I tell you, it doesn't do you any good to take a vitamin once. And so that's how mm-hmm. I felt about the blood initially. And then I feel the same way now, you know, now that he hasn't been drinking blood demon blood for two years or three years. Um, I kind of feel that same way about it, but you know, we'll see.
2: Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's one of
1: those things where, where reality is interfering with my ability to watch well, television. It, <laughs> I wonder Demon <laughs> well, Blood. You know, it's Demon right, Blood, so, so I thought if it was gonna have an effect it would it would do it. It would only take one one time. I mean you can take one pill and have it have a major effect on you in very, very quickly. Right. But that's, taking that's, glucosamine you've got to take it for six weeks. <laughs> you know, so it depends what it is, I think. But that, that's that's what I was thinking. One drop you know, one drop of demon blood mm-hmm. from Azazel, you know, um is it, mm-hmm. it just it's you know, the mystical properties to it, you know, have you know has mm-hmm. You know, they go in and permanently do something to you or something. You know, I don't accept yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, we're we're debating we're debating the effects, the actual effects in within a reality of demon blood, which is hard as, as we No, <laughs> uh, my brain can't accept it. <laughs> uh, what I did really like going back to you know Sam telling stories, I. Or, not just Sam. He got two John Winchester, like, memory stories. I and mean, he wasn't, like, the focus of it necessarily, but it was two things that created really normal memories for both Sam and Dean. We have Dean in the beginning talking about John's chili and then Sam saying that uh, John took them to the Grand Canyon, which continuity-wise made no sense because Dean had never been. But I... I'm going to assume that he had forgotten. Yeah, that's... That's what I'm, I'm doing the fan link and thinking Dean was just too young to really remember it. So. But he does say that he barely remembers it, how does Sam remember it? So I'll let that go mm-hmm. just on that basis. Mm-hmm. But, um I he doesn't did, remember did really... reading to Sam either. Well, he yeah, doesn't remember he doesn't... reading that that particular book, that particular comic book. Um, I just loved the fact that, uh, that Dean read to Sam. Again, it's something that's out there in Abandoned, and that everybody just sort of assumed or hoped for and loved the idea of, along with Dean being a mother hen and taking care of Sam, which we saw a bunch of that in this episode too, which I also loved because – and um, – So I I can see him not thinking it was a big deal that Dean reading to Sam is just something he did, maybe to keep from being bored, maybe because he enjoyed it too. We all know Dean reads because he kept right on reading forever. And it's, of course, helpful if you're doing a lot of research. But it obviously was one of those cases where it didn't mean much to the person doing it, but it meant everything to the person he was doing it for and, it's I and I took it as a way of, you know, Dean probably read Sam's so many stories mm-hmm. like for nothing every else day to occupy probably. time. Yeah. That yeah. that particular story doesn't stand out to him as a memory of him reading that particular story. But for Sam, because the way he couldn't relate to Galahad that it stuck mm-hmm. out for him. Right. I'm wondering if being around Metatron like a two series if being around Metatron is what was making Sam remember stories, mm-hmm. or well, is it and, part of a, or is it part of a purging kind of uh, yeah. ideal? Oh uh, yeah, I want to know why Sam is able is suddenly remembering all these things, uh, and and like like Dean mentioned, they were too young. You know, Sam was too young really to remember them. So you know. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Well, he, doesn't, he doesn't say how old he was for the Sir Galahad. And four-year-olds, you know, you, everybody has some kind of vague memory of being four. I have memories of being, like, three, two. Not good memories, but certain memories. Mm-hmm. So I could see that. I'm just wondering why. And at first yes. I thought it was going to be a Metron thing because it was, when he was telling the Galahad story, it was a story within a story about a story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got this angel who's basically eating up stories. And I was like, oh, well, that's really cool. And then I was like, oh, I thought about this way more than Ben Edlund did. Never mind. So. <laughs> yeah. But I, I want to know why, exactly, why is, you know, these trials and everything things going through bringing up all of these memories? Mm-hmm. And he said he's seeing them so clear and so mm-hmm. sharp. And Dean just keeps saying, I, "I barely remember that, you know. You were four. How do you remember that?" And he doesn't remember the Galad story at all. Because again, like you said, he's probably he probably read a million books to Sam. What else is there to do in the backseat of the Impala when you're driving from, you know, Kansas to Oregon, you know, or Or when you know whatever. you're taking care of your little brother in a hotel in a motel room, mm-hmm. and your your father's gone. You know, and you've got to put your little... And the TV's <laughs> crap. <laughs> you know, where there's... Exactly. Stuff. So, yeah. I'm I, guessing, I guess you know, all of the... All of Sam remembering all these stories, all, you know, all these bringing up all these memories this week is the reason for next week's episode, Clip Show. Mm-hmm. So, I'm guess you know, I'm guessing it has... It's, that's why we had... Why what the things that happen in next week from what we know from the spoilers, which I won't mention... Um, but I'm guessing that's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. These episodes and are, are really flowing one into another. You know, they're not so sharp. It's not like there was like something like, like Case of the Week, Monster of the Week, very run-of-the-mill, and then all of a sudden, boom, the asked a, a couple episodes of the season that are a very sharp turn. They've been sort of flowing and curving and... Going along the road very nicely, so yeah, they're alarming me <laughs> because things are getting getting worse. They're getting scarier. People are getting desperate, like Naomi and now Crowley, and uh, um, Cass is in pretty bad shape. Um, so, is Kevin, up, how you know? How did okay. You know, Castiel, how we saw him at the end of the episode, he was just laying in the road there in front of, you know, and Sam and Dean stopped. So, it, you know, why was he just laying there in the road? Was it his powers? Cause he was so, Was it because he was so messed up from everything that um, Crowley and Naomi did to him that that's as close as he could get to Sam and Dean, or, you know? Well, um, my problem was, and I don't know if, again, I will fan link it and say it's because, you know,
0: the angel blade
1: version of lead poisoning, but Why can, can he just heal himself? Why is he still bloody on the side of the road? You, you pulled the bullet out of yourself, heal yourself. You're an angel of the Lord. I think it must be the the fact that it's an angel blade, and it's not a run-of-the-mill so, like I will accept the version of it being angel blade uh, poisoning, but... Again, the way my brain works, I was like, "No, you're, you, you should be fine by now. Move on." Plus, you know, he was strong enough to beat Ion down, which was so badass. Um, but speaking of Castiel, like, um, I thought the whole thing about just going to different Biggersons because they're the same—that was brilliant. So, mm, yes, yeah. really, really cool. And I agree. I, you know, I would not Never in a million years that I've come up with that idea. of Ben Adlin, he's just a genius. Mm-hmm. I used to work for um, the corporate offices of McDonald's, and one of their, like, mission statement things is you should be able to go to McDonald's anywhere in the country and it tastes like home because mm-hmm. everything's so strictly regulated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so when he mentioned the Biggersmith thing, I totally thought of that because it's just so structured that it's no matter what, it's the same thing no matter where you go. Plus, you know, mm-hmm. having a high in once again. I I do love anything that references old mm. stuff. Mm. I thought the, the the waitress who was left the only one left alive but with her eyes burned out and just saying you need to stop is sort of the little message repeat
0: oh, that's over so and great over too.
1: With, Unbelievably creepy, and um, oh, yeah. I was actually glad when Naomi, like, like snapped her because mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't take it anymore, either. It is one of those things oh. where was so creepy, like, make her stop, make her stop, and the minute Naomi snaps your neck, you have the moment of, and then you're horrified. <laughs> it's like, mm. you're relieved and then horrified, and all in one breath. Yes, yes. It was like, oof. Oh, I mean, it was a great scene, but it was so
0: creepy. So creepy. So very
1: creepy. And to the other end of the spectrum, I thought the angel Ion was really cute, and I was sorry to see him go. He (laughs) really was. He was hot. I'm not even going to say he wasn't. (laughs) And he reminded me of somebody, and I've been trying to, like, figure it out um, since the episode. Like, you look like somebody, and I can't put my finger on it. It's been driving me nuts. (laughs) He reminded me of the Irish witch in oh, the episode yeah. with the gambling and the, the and man. The no, that wasn't it for me. He reminded me of someone who's like like a bigger deal mainstream actor kind of thing. Like you look like and I just can't put my finger on who, so if anybody if anybody can, help. Yeah. Just help. <laughs> Yeah, and we got a little, we got a little bit more backstory on that. There, there's definitely something going on between Crowley and Naomi. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. they you know, they definitely know each other from a long time ago, and I really, you know, I really want to know how. Mhm. Yes, very very curious. I hopefully next. Well, maybe in the next couple episodes we'll hear something as well. But if it carries over to next season, that would be very interesting to do some angel flashbacks and see just a little bit more of their backstory. Um, I also thought, um, very interesting, we heard a little bit more about Naomi and her her angels and what they've been doing. They've been mind-wiping Kat and the other angels for. Yeah, answers. the other angels as well. Yes and Cassie like I don't I wasn't there I don't remember and she's like oh you were there you just don't remember it was like wow you know, yeah else? it makes me yeah, wonder super creepy what i also thought was interesting on a characterization level for Cassie was for her to say cuz we've always assumed that it was his connection to to demon Sam, and their and as a result of them humanity mm-hmm. that made him such mm-hmm. a rebel Mm-hmm. But Naomi says, you know, you've never done what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so you think about this angel that for, since literally the beginning of time, has been messing up the the plans mm. in some way. And I, I, I thought a, that was a yeah. really interesting characterizational moment for him. Yeah. It also explains how, how Dean and Sam, particularly Dean, could... Could get to him where it was. It was already yeah. just sharpened. It or or exactly. the Winchester's are. He was already on the cusp of right. of being a rebel, and I think I also I kind of figure out how to say this. I like when the show gives us clarification about things. So, you know, in this episode, we got the clarification of, you know, that Castiel's always been a thorn in Naomi's side, basically, and mm-hmm. that whatever power the angel tablet has is either connected to Naomi in some way or is able to break connections with Naomi because it was the tablet, and and that in order to do it, Castiel had to be in constant physical contact with the tablet, Mmm. Ew. <laughs> and it makes perfect sense that he hit mm-hmm. it on himself. So now, but it was sticky. Now, <laughs> now that Crowley has the tablet, does that mean Castiel can get under her, you know, be under her spell again? I was wondering that as well. Yeah. Hmm. We'll have to see. I'm wondering though, because. I would imagine at this point they're going to have to take Castiel into the bunker because he's saying, help me, and, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the most helpful place. And then we'll get to find out, which I'm assuming, you know, the the angels can't find the bunker either. So that might be a loophole around that.
0: Hmm. And, you know,
1: Crowley has the the angel tablet, but you know he has no way of reading it. So mm-hmm. I wonder, I wonder, you know, what's going to happen with that?
0: Mm. And oh, I, I wonder
1: was another prophet triggered mm-hmm. when Kevin died? We talked about that. With Oliver, that right. Right, that was, right. that's what I'm very curious to see, and I'm wondering if that's the route they're going to take. And we'll end up with two prophets, just like we had two slayers and Buffy. Yes. And see, now that um, Sam and Dean and Kevin have found Metatron, you know they—Metatron knows everything written on the tablet because he wrote it. So you know they don't have to have the angel tablet to know what was on it. But yet Crowley, you know, has still doesn't have access to it. So mm-hmm. would also and... mean that Crowley will go after Metatron? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I do have to give them a lot of of credit on their Metatron because I, and I know a lot of people, once it was announced or released that, they were, that we were going to meet Metatron at some point, everyone was like, yeah, if it's not on Earth, I don't care. And so for them to go in the exact opposite direction of what we assume Metatron would be, like this, this all-powerful, booming kind of thing, and we just get this geeky rec- uh, recluse of a person who, or of an angel that wants nothing to do with assisting. And so, yeah. I think it was smart of them to take that direction. Um, and he was in the secretarial tech- pool. Apparently, I did he love wasn't that. All I, could, all I could think of, anybody who watched Buffy and Angel, all I could think of was Harman going, and I type like a superhero. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm.
1: And I Curtis Armstrong, he you know, he was great. He I really, mm. really liked him as Metatron. Yes. Um mm-hmm. I, I liked all the tweets that night when, when the episode was airing and we finally see Metatron, all the tweets like, Oh my god, it's Booger, Booger, is Booger <laughs> <You know? laughs> He got that for he's me. Actually, he's Bill Viola from Moonlighting. I mean, yes, that's right. I, I knew him from Viola, yeah. Well, he's also, he's the reason that I started watching The Closer, and then I had to go uh-huh. back and watch them all before, because he was the skeezy lawyer. And, yes. um I, I hated so, him on The Closer. Oh, I hated him, but I was flipping child one day, and I saw him, and I was like, it's butter. So <laughs> I, it, I was like, what is this show? And I was like, oh, you're watching The Closer. And I was like, apparently I am. <laughs> <laughs> and no. so, and and it's funny looking Which, back at that now because um, here we have Met, uh, exactly Metatron was the lawyer on the closer who was going up against Lucifer on the closer because Mark Pellegrino <laughs> was the exactly. opposite lawyer. So Metatron and Lucifer on closer together, very funny. That is funny. And speaking of Lucifer and and all that, I love how Metatron didn't have. Clue who Sam and Dean were, and Sam's all, we're the friggin' Winchesters. You know, like, <laughs> what kind I of an clue are you?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, and and they're so. Well, and a of lot of people. Everybody up that that Out of all that. the books, out of all the books in the world, how has Metatron never come across one of the supernatural books? <laughs> I, I know, Carver and, and I <laughs> saw a bunch of people bring that up, and I was like, well, you know, there's a lot of books in the world. Well, well, well I was working. I I was wondering about that, too, but then I got to thinking, he, you know, the books that were being delivered to him, one of them was Charles Dickens, and it's like, all these years he's been on earth, and he hasn't read Charles Dickens yet. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like, what have you been reading? (laughs) Well, Well, he might jump around, you know, he may not be reading in order, he could be jumping around. Okay. That's that's true. What he needs is the Rory Gilmore reading list. That's what he needs. what I think my friend Sue is going to the Rory Gilmore reading reading list it's all the books that Rory Gilmore ever ever read uh throughout the canon of Gilmore Girls. And I think it's like three hundred and something books. So that's what he needs. It's the Rory Gilmore reading list. You can check off as he goes. Um <laughs> I I I uh I, I don't watch Gilmore Girls. i watched the the edited version with just Jared. <laughs> so I have a pretty good idea. I, watched, I did start watching it only to swatch Jared's scenes because, you know, you got to. And then I got really stuck mm-hmm. into the show itself. And mm-hmm. Blasphemy, I'm going to say this, the character he plays, which is Dean, of course, is actually my least favorite Rory Gilmore boyfriend. So there's that. Oh, I've never oh, forgiven okay. Rory for dumping all over him, and she didn't appreciate what she had, and I don't uh, want to see any more oh, Gilmore no, no, no. Because when he comes back and he is cheating on his wife with Rory, spoilers, sorry, oh, <laughs> that's when I lost all respect for the character. So, Besides, L- Logan Huntsberger was better than everybody ever. I'm sorry, but he was. Whatever, okay. I'm so Dean Forster fan, so yeah. Dean sure is fine. Just I've always a thought that boyfriend. was out of character. Anyway. Back <laughs> <Anyway>. to <that's just laughs> Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> Before Becky and mm. I get in the margin with again. <laughs> 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 Look, you're wrong, no, you're wrong. <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> Dean, great, <laughs> really bad. <laughs> well, okay, and we can we can end it with this. The bottom line is Rory Gilmore is a horrible human being, anyway. So. Yes. yes, yes, I completely <laughs> agree with can, you on that. We can all agree on that. <laughs> yes, for sure. We can all agree on that. that that's where that'll end. Um, yes, yeah, I do. I a, going back to the show, um, what I found really interesting in this episode is we have uh, Metatron. And Crowley, both with guns. We have two non-humans wielding guns in this episode. And that was, I'm not even going to lie, that was really off-putting for me.
0: Because I don't
1: feel like Metatron should have had to point a gun at anybody. It really should have been like, can't you just point your hand at somebody? Um, And Crowley's Angel Blade bullets, while really, really smart, that's really clever... A with a gun. Mm. What, I, um, what what I thought was funny about Metatron with that gun, you know, is he was just waving it around all over the place, waving that rifle around. And if you watch Dean, Jensen's awesome. Dean the whole time was like ducking and keeping his eyes on that rifle and like moving around. You know, <laughs> it was cracking me up. <laughs> I want to know what does it take to. Melt down an angel blade into bullets. A hellfire angel blade. I, I guess, but you know, I was like, wow, just just to. I mean, that's a great idea, but I bet it's not so simple a task, you know. But I think it's really cool. I don't know what it <laughs> takes to make an angel blade not to change the subject but because it's the scene is playing as I'm as I'm watching it as we're talking. I loved when Sam is explaining to Dean what the petroglyph is and Dean says something to him and he's calls he says Indian and yes. Sam, as sick as he is, as in bad, terrible shape as he's in, he's like, We're not supposed to call him Indian you know <laughs> and yes. Well I, just, I love like, that he's so sick and it's like he's so sick and he's so exhausted that he can't even finish correcting no. me and I felt like that was really a nice way to highlight just how ill Sam really yes. is yes. I love and that. because the minute the the minute Dean said Indian my brain went I don't call him that anymore <laughs> I was like I think I'll let <laughs> that go and Sam cuts right into like trying to correct him and I was like oh good work <laughs> That yeah. was such a good scene and it I was. just figured I out who Ion reminds me of okay who he reminds me—not that he looks like so much, but he looks like he should be related to Jake Gyllenhaal. Who? Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, I didn't hear it properly. Yeah. Okay. There's. Yeah. Watch him in the scene where he's talking to Castiel in the in Crowley's office. It's just the two of them, and he's walking around. There's something about his mannerisms, and I guess probably his his scruff. But yeah. That's not that he looks mm-hmm. like him, but he looks like he should be related to him. Mm-hmm. Moving on. <laughs> Good. I'm, well, I'm speaking of that scene because it's on right now. That I'm where I am at. I l- really felt for Ion in a way because, like, he's saying all the other angels had the luxury of Naomi wiping their their slates clean constantly. And while you could say that, you know, that sucks for Castiel, it sucks for everybody else that they don't remember things. Here's Ion saying he had to endure all those memories the whole time. Mm. And just how much it weighed on him to the point where he's like, I don't care anymore. I just, I don't care. And it kind of reminded me of, like, when you watch, um, like, a cop drama and Internal Affairs comes in and everybody hates Internal Affairs. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: Internal Affairs is like, you know, man, I'm just trying to do the right thing. And everyone's like, "Yeah, we we hate you anyway." But that's like, I felt like Ion was a- aib, and I felt I felt kind of bad for him. I really did. Mhm. Yeah. Probably. Probably mostly because he was hot, but still, <laughs> he was <liked that. laughs> Um, I was I was wondering. I saw on on a someone's LJ. there they were talking about this episode, and they said one of the things, of course, is the memory about. Grand Canyon, you know, supposedly had never been there. Blah blah. And we talked about that, but the other one was Sam saying he these trials were possibly purifying him. Didn't she said there was an episode in season five where all the effects of the demon blood were supposedly gone from what Sam had gone through. So I don't well, know. that was um, that was in Luc- the season opener. Um, mm-hmm. Of, of season five, and it wasn't. I don't think it. That was what it was saying. He he was saying Dean was asking him. You know, was he um jumping for some more, as he called it, bitch blood, and you know, Sam mm-hmm. said no. But just the it's, you know, demon blood. Okay. Yeah, I, no. I yeah I think that was just you know it was you know like because we had seen him go through withdrawals. I think that's mm-hmm. and Dean even mentioned Dean even called it supernatural methadone. So right. I think. I think that's all that happened there was you you know just you know being taken out of you know where they were when Lucifer rose and then put on mm-hmm. the plane. Um, God just cured him of the addiction. Okay. Well, well that we, makes I mean, that makes sense because and this is there is on also more the cellular level. In, yeah. In Lucifer Rising, before that, where Ruby does tell him that he pretty much burned it all up. Mm-hmm. So, again, going with my whole I don't like the demon, not that I don't like the demon blood thing. I can't really vocalize how I feel about it. It's just one of those things always kind of made me go, but 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 <laughs> all right, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've
1: always I've always I've always liked the um, Sam with powers and the whole demon blood thing, and I loved it because, yeah. like you know, when season five opened. And we saw for the first time Sam using his powers, you know, pulling the demon smoke out of the person in the diner. I loved that. Oh my! God! I really, oh I God, really enjoyed I that. Still, oh, I was just—I was sitting there you know, with my arms up in the air. Yes, this is what I've been dying for. You know? So. Yeah, that was that was a, a story arc that I really really enjoyed with Sam with powers. Mm. Uh, I just, you know. If any time Sam can fling a demon against the wall and say, Wait your turn, I'm happy. So <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what Good, I time. Good time. Good time. <laughs> yeah. You know there was I mean, we this is another thing that bugs me. It's a little thing. But I and I like I know not everybody can know everything, but I was bugged that Dane didn't seem to know what a petroglyph is. So, of course he would know what that is. I mean, you may not be able to I, I, I took it as one. he knows the audience. idea of what a petroglyph is, but every, it's kind of one of those things where the layman just thinks everything is a hieroglyph. Mhm. So for him to hear the word petroglyph made him go, wait, what? A what? Mm-hmm. Um, so I accepted that. What I thought was kind of like, eh, really, about that scene was, okay, so Sam to the class." On Native American studies that he's just now recognizing this glyph, and yet he happens to run and pull out the exact book in the <laughs> Library that also explains this glyph. Really? Okay. <laughs> that, that was my, all right. <laughs> I yeah. added you got 40. 40- <laughs> we call those the as if moments. <laughs> yeah. So I was like uh, so, okay. you explain everything to me, I'll give you a pass. But it was a little like silly, really. Uh, well it's like, you know, shows like CSI get their DNA results in twenty minutes <laughs> when we all right. Know. And you're like, no, um, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, I I actually talked to someone once and we were just we just now. We said, "Well, what do you do for a living?" She goes, "Oh, I'm I'm a, a crime scene, you know, forensic person." And I'm like, "Oh, really? Well, what do you think of CSI?" And she said, "It's my favorite comedy on television." Oh
0: my god, oh, that's that hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. I, when they first started talking about the this ancient Native American tribe and the small one, Becky, did you have like an X Files on a Sazi moment? I did. Yes, I definitely <laughs> did. Yes, I did. Especially, you know, when they when they went to the town and you know we got we saw the Native Americans there and everything, I was like, oh, this is just so familiar. <laughs> yes, <laughs> completely. I liked, it. I liked it. These are my little notes. Um the title of this episode, The Great Escape Ist, um, I guess could refer to the movie The Great Escape with Steve McQueen, which is an awesome, awesome movie about uh prisoners escaping from a World War Two POW camp. Mm-hmm. But I I but this is the Great Escape which refers to a person and there was a lot of that in this episode with Neutron escaping yeah. everybody around, and then uh, uh, Kevin doing a pretty good job of escaping um, things. Uh, so I, I I really like that. And ben Edlin, there's always lots of different layers. Mm-hmm. And and, and you.
2: Yeah, and Cassiel Cassiel. escapes,
1: Naomi, Naomi escapes Crowley. Mm-hmm, so um, You've got, got Kevin. You've even got the motel, the hotel manager escaping death because he's feeding mm-hmm. manager on stories in exchange for eternal life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely layers upon layers on that one. Yeah. I also like them talking about, um, again, with the... Writers playing God of their own little tiny universes. Another yeah. comment moving on from Chuck, Chuck Shirley being Carver Enlund and writing is hard. <laughs> it is. <laughs> writing is hard. It is hard. It's really hard. Um, then, yep. Trying <laughs> to think of it. Oh. Um. I can't believe we're down to two more episodes of season. I oh, know. I don't want it to end. No, it's been an amazing. Season, this season. season feels like it went fast because it was. It's been such. It's been so good that it hasn't dragged really. No, and I've. I mean, I haven't stopped loving Supernatural, but this season I just rediscovered my. My, like, falling in love feelings? Does that make any sense? (laughs) No, I agree. the same way, I agree. I didn't realize... (sighs) This is going to sound horrible, because there are things about season seven that I really enjoyed, and Mm -hmm. James Hashtag Stewart being (laughs) the number one of it. But the storyline upon reflection was just kind of like, and so Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how much I felt that way about it until getting Mm -hmm. into this season. And... and realizing what I was missing out of that, out of season seven that I didn't even re- I didn't even know what I was missing at the time. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I, I, season season six as well because season six, while it has things that I really enjoyed, it's almost forgettable for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think about season six very much unless it's about Soul of Sam because that's the really the most I cared about in that season. Sorry,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and but I really, I really have trouble remembering certain things about that season. So I'm like, what? Oh yeah, that that happened. So right. it wasn't memorable. And I, for me oh all. yeah, I right there feels, with you. Yeah, yeah and feels, I just love it. it that are memorable. I've just loved rewatching episodes this season. I mean, I always do, you know, at least a couple of times for the podcast and whatever, but it's been just a, a treat to watch them again and again this season because yeah, there's so much going Yeah, whereas last on in... season, yeah, last season, mm-hmm. to be honest, because I always watch the episode and then I watch it again to recap it the same night, and then I watch
0: mm-hmm.
1: it one to two more times for the podcast, and mm-hmm. last season felt a lot like I was forcing myself to do that. Mm-hmm. And this season, I don't feel that way at all. I do, I do feel like yeah, I could totally watch that again. Watched it six hours ago. Yeah. I could watch it again. Yeah, and even it makes me want to watch like lots of the other episodes again too. You know, it's almost like I said, I've just sort of mm-hmm. rediscovered my my falling in, in love phase. But also last season, we talked about a little bit before it was, and the season before that, it was so so dark and difficult mm-hmm. and tragic and everything was taken away from Sam and Dean everything their car their their family their hunter family people they knew people they barely came in contact with they were so there was like so little humor or lightness or hope it was it's not so much that sometimes the, the writing or the episode was bad. I don't mean it that way. I mean no, it was just relaxing, but it that, but on that you. hurt. It, it weighed on you a lot. Mhm. I really have to say so though, because I went and looked up season six right now, because like I really am forgetting season six. What happened? Turns out season six actually has some of my absolute favorite episodes, like Kishi and the Man Who Would Be King. So mm-hmm. I guess I cared more than I thought I did, but I don't remember like. I constantly forget the whole Campbell thing. I didn't care. Mhm. Oh, Miss Gledgy. I can't forget Miss Oh, I, I love like Miss Bledgy. I <laughs> like Miss, like, but I didn't care about the storyline. Mm. You know, we got, we, saying, we got yeah. some great people that we could welcome into the, the family for it, but I didn't care about the storyline at all. I'm glad, I was I'm glad just, the actors were there. But. I've said it before. Uh, a million times, and I know I'll keep saying it. I was very disappointed with the Campbell storyline. It went nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. In. it was like... Pullin'. It was disappointing mm-hmm. that way. It was a huge thing. It was like Grandpa Winchester, which even though he was only in what one episode, I, it was, they did amazing things with that one episode. I wish he was around more, but if he only had to be one episode, it's a classic. And he was not wasted, but the Campbells, I mean, you had Mitch Plesje, Koranemic, and uh, shoot, i uh uh and shoot, the shoot. Rick Worthy, uh, that's where we get sure. Rick Worthy. Yeah, we get Rick Worthy in season six also. Again, character that we all liked, and it's just, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we got Rick one more time in season seven. Yeah, but again, we're still going and M-M. then hmm Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I, I love the, like, the, I, I, I can't better. think of her name. The actress who played Gwen Campbell, she was great. I can't yeah. remember her name, but I loved her. Speaking of people dying right and left, she was another one that I wish was still around. She was starting yes. to sort of come around to, to the Winchester side a little bit, and she was gone. And nice in that one episode, that. we lost Gwen, we lost Grandpa Campbell, and we lost Rufus. And three of my favorites, boom, dead, one, all in one episode. Um. I'm seriously laughing, you right know, because I'm like I said, I'm going through season six character uh, episode listing, and I'm like, no, nope, really like that, that episode, really like that episode, really like that episode. <laughs> so I'm kind of trying to figure out why season six was so forgettable for me because it's got, you know, we've got clap your hands if you believe, caged heat, um, the French mistake, uh, mm. frontierland, and then the last three episodes of that season were phenomenal. So I'm really confused mm. as to why I didn't care about. That. More than I uh, think I do. <laughs> Maybe it was just really good, but this season has it's just. Cohesion, been... Well, the thing about season six is season six is the, epi- is the season that doesn't make sense until the end. When you, mm-hmm. you get the, the, the discovery about Castiel, what he's been doing this whole time, everything else is very disjointed, and it feels like a series of one shots. Mm hmm. You we know, um, got the Deathwish Starship in that season. <laughs> I love that. Um, I um, just want to sort of break in a little bit here. We are live for just another minute and a half, so if there's anything we want to get in while on the live listen, we do uh, continue to be recorded after that. But Becky, do you want to have any announcements or news? or
2: um,
1: Keep voting for Amanda Tapping every day. Um, we, we tweet the link. Keep voting for her. We'd love for her to win this month, and then next month we'll be voting for Lauren Tom. So keep doing that. Um, also, there's only a few weeks left in Kevin Parks um, to to donate for Kevin Parks and Team Supernatural's um, Ride to Conquer Cancer in honor of Kim Manners. Um, that link is on our website, plus we try and tweet it every day. So, you know, try and please do that if you can. Um. I think everybody who's at the convention this weekend, I hope you're having a good time. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I wish we were there. Yep, and oh, well, yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks again to Osric for another uh, amazing, fun discussion tonight. Uh, sorry about the little confusion huh? <laughs> at the beginning, but I'm glad you made it. And again, another wonderful talk. And I hope, uh, hope you get to come on the podcast again. Hope Kevin makes it. And what else? Live. Uh, you can go right to com and listen to our podcast. That's a new thing. So we're happy about that. Blog, blog, talk, radio. You don't have to go through that site. Right? Yeah, we'll update it with the new episode every week. So after this episode is, oh, this podcast is over. We'll be updating it on the website and adding it, adding this podcast straight to the website. Yep. Very cool. And well, that's it for live, but we are being recorded. Um, Anything else about the episode? Um,
0: I just really loved
1: it. Um, Sam looks so bad, and I credit, of course, um, the makeup department and the special effects, and Jared, of course, for an amazing performance. He looks so bad, I'm actually worried about him. You know, I really am. I just I look at him, and I feel like I'm very concerned. It. You can really tell the difference because, you know, when you've got the faux Sam, who looks perfectly fine, you know, and then we see the real Sam, who is, just looks dreadful. It's like, you know, wow. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the makeup wow. it doesn't and look, look is like makeup. Of he left like arms really thick. Yeah, the makeup artist and he's like, "That contouring, is so good." <laughs> I mean, he he really let so yeah. it. so would Great stuff. And yeah, you could really, really see it when he'd been in the ice bath and his hair was wet, and he, yeah. and, he and he sits up and he pushes it back, and all you can truly focus on is his face, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, he's so pale, and his eyes, and like, holy cow, Sam." <laughs> and I'm very worried about Garth because nobody seems to have seen or heard from him oh, in a while. That's that's something I was gonna the, I was gonna mention and I completely forgot. I'm wondering if something happened to Garth because there is that what almost feels like a random scene of Dean calling whoever Keel is mm-hmm. and saying, you know, I know nobody's heard from him. Mm. Yeah, it's not good. I'm I'm either he's gone to ground for some reason or something's happened to him and I will be yeah pretty unhappy and about that. I thought that was almost I, unnecessary to have there because we understand as the viewers that we're not going to see Garth and that we just assume he's on a hunt, so whatever. So it almost mm-hmm. felt like that was an unnecessary scene, but that Edwin doesn't do things unnecessarily. The only good news I might have for you guys is um during DJ's panel yesterday, he did say that Adam Glass has come up with a uh, episode that he wants to write about Garth for season nine. So well, it you could, know it could take place it, with ghost Garth. <laughs> right. Could, yeah, or, could, or you know, that flashback. doesn't necessarily it mean it's be, good news. <laughs> yeah, it could be a flashback episode. Like if we're having a memorial in season nine for Garth, well then, you know, we'll have a uh, flashback episode. So it could be a lot of things, but, you know, I'm not saying that he's dead, but I'm wondering if something has him and is trying to get information on him because he was, been, he was basically, you know, the keeper of the prophet in the, mm-hmm. in the, the beginning of, know, of the season. And we do know, Mrs., you know, supposedly Mrs. Tran is killed. So, mm-hmm. you know, then, then you know, they would Lies. go after Garth. Right, right. Yep. Then Crowley <laughs> would go after Garth, too, of course, you know. And, yeah. I wonder if Garth took Mrs. Tran and went on the run or found her almost dead. I and, and support and, that theory. You know, and he's actually letting everybody think she's dead, and she's actually okay, and he's just protecting her somewhere, you know. So I, 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 I really Kevin, like that theory. What if mm. Kevin, you know, told Garth, that, you know, I'm fine, I'm here on this boat, it's all warded and everything, go protect my mom. And mm-hmm. that, I like that idea, yes. Yeah. 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 So, well, This is my, this knows, is my but, canon now. I'd like to thank you very much for it. It is now my canon. <laughs> thank you. Well, oh, you're very welcome. I was desperate.
0: I was desperate.
1: I was like, there's just got to be a way. They have to be a way. <laughs> the, last act, the last act of a desperate fan. <laughs> oh, gosh. Can we... Can we talk about the preview for the next episode? I mean, we're we're not live anymore. We are. It's pretty much the end of our of our. So, chat anyone here. who's listening to the recorded the recorded playback of us, stop now if you don't want yeah. to. know. <laughs> you don't want to know um, the preview and the one picture I saw it just cracks me up every time I think of it. Cass, is, they're they're watching the projector, the little film they're showing. Sam is showing, and Cass has a thing of Jiffy pop in front of him which yeah, i love that love. i love that because it i like when little things showcase how Cassio's not a human and i because there were there've been times where he has to remind people that like i'm an angel like i'm all powerful and i can be a dick and so i like the callousness of of that i just love it he's got Jiffy pop I'm the taste for coffee now too. <laughs> yes. I, I want to, to mention. Medicine. I want to mention a picture for the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the photos came out for that this week. There's mm-hmm. a picture of Sam. Or it's like it's when when I got the pictures to post to the website, I, as soon as I looked, I was like, "Oh, Sam! I mean, he's just gone downhill." And he's, oh, my gosh, he just looks so pitiful. And it's like, this is just is not good. And no, 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 no. I can't even imagine how the season's going to end. <laughs> you know, I mean, the title is Sacrifice, so there, we know there has to be at least one, and there's probably going to be several and many things, Sacrifice, Prop real and and um, emotional sacrifices um, and what's interesting of is beliefs. I just don't know. Arrow season finale is the same night, and its title is also Sacrifice. I, I think, mm-hmm. I think just so wild. Yeah, hmm. I know. And I his just, pictures are very I, distressing. I'm and I'm also very curious about. You know, for next week, or I don't know if they're going to do it next week, or we're going to be the finale to get into it, but which is probably the finale. What demon are they going to cure, and what does that entail, mm. and what does that mean for all? Ooh. You know, what does that mean for? You know, we've had Ruby, who was a demon, and you're saying there was a cure for her, and oh. Meg. Like mm. in my heart, my, in my shipper heart of hearts, we're going to bring Meg back cure her. Castile's gonna fall and they're gonna live happily ever after the season night. It's <laughs> not gonna happen.
0: The <laughs> but trailer
1: the trailer for next week shows Abaddon back. Yeah. yeah. So, and, okay. but so I'm thinking, thinking that's the, she could be a red herring. I mean the demon we could be talking that's about what curing it to say. The trailer, the the trailer, well, trailer very very rarely give us anything of meat you know mm. usually everybody freaks out about trailers and then we come to find out that that was just you know a blip mm-hmm. in, in the episode yeah i hope it isn't a a red shirt demon an unknown demon somebody we've never seen before i hope it's somebody that matters that is that is part that's of my other thing those. like like to to cure abaddon like we just met abaddon anyway and, yeah. there's, and no she's pretty cool, there's no but emotional there's no emotional connection or not. there. Exactly like I you know, she's a fun she's a fun demon for the episode, but I'm not gonna I would have never thought about her again until she, the preview. Would have never occurred to me that she would ever go back up nor do I care. In a way, could the demon to be cured is Sam and you know, I mean, that would be a sacrifice. If he's like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm trying to think of all sort of different angles to be something we don't expect. I don't,
0: I don't know.
1: I, I mean, mean, what the demon is in, left? Um, could it be Crow? You, you guys, you guys are, are going with, you know, uh, not Abaddon. She's just a red herring. I'm gonna put my money on it being Abaddon. So we'll, we'll you uh-huh. know, so I'll be the odd man so we'll out. See you. And, yeah. mostly, and I will say it's mostly because I don't want it to be Abaddon. Again, because to me, Abaddon doesn't matter. Not mm. that she doesn't matter oh, to totally their, agree. their world, but she doesn't, she doesn't matter to us. And I would like it to be a demon that matters to us, Crowley. I, can, um, I completely agree with you. But in our world, the only demons that would matter to us that's left, really, is Crowley. And I don't, mm. see, them, I don't see them... Um. Carry him this week. I don't see them carrying him in the season now either. Mm. No. Yeah. Um, so, what does is I left? Think, I think, unless it's really well done or it ends up being just a very throwaway moment that, okay, we finished the last trial, but that's not really what we have to finish up. That just gives us the ability to finish this up. I'll be disappointed if it's Avidon. Mm. Because the trials just enable them to close mm-hmm. the gates, I would imagine there's more to it than that. I don't think he's gonna, you know, they're gonna cure cure the demon and, you know, the gates are gonna shut. Right. Exactly. What, I it, think, it can't be that way. I think this week will be them curing the demon, um, being, mm-hmm. doing the last trial, and then the season finale will be closing the gates of hell, which mm. I really don't see that working. I don't see them closing I, the gates. And we've already had Metatron set it up to where it's one of those sounds good in theory kind of things. Right. You Dean, know, Dean, he's already telling Dean, are you sure this is really what you want to do? Think about it. And I think um, what, what the possibility could be is not every monster that they deal with comes from hell. So if, <laughs> you, get rid of, if you close the gates to hell – Yes, nothing can come out, but nothing can go back in either. <laughs> Excuse me, that's right. Yeah, it's like, sometimes it's like a genie's wish, like a jinn's wish. It's like, be careful what you wish for, unless exactly. you word it correctly. So, Yeah. So it we've doesn't got work out whatever demons, well. are, whatever demons are already on earth, where are they going to go, even if Sam and Dean hunt them down and kill them? They're going to bounce off a closed gate. And you close the gates of hell, but purgatory is still wide open. Exactly. So is that going to overrun purgatory? So I, I like the I like the fact that Metatron, because I think that, you know, the idea that there has to be a balance, that you can't close heaven and you can't close hell because mm-hmm. the world requires balance. Yeah. Lots of possibilities, but all of them, you know, they just... Have so many possibilities and they're so interesting. And, mm-hmm. and hmm. so we shall have to see. Yes. Well, we don't have too long to wait for the penultimate episode. And, no, just and a few days. Time. And wow. everybody listening. make sure um you turn into our podcast um this Saturday because we'll be announcing a very special guest who is going to be on for our finale podcast. You don't wanna miss that, so make sure yep. you listen. My mom just about died, so, <laughs> so you know I just I about died somebody. Uh, yeah, seriously. I somebody, so I told my mama. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Can your mom be trusted? <laughs> you know, she does have her super secret Twitter account. Uh, she does. She trolls. No, just kidding. My mother wouldn't. My mother <laughs> does not understand Twitter. She does not have a Facebook. She no, 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 no. <laughs> she, to she wants the Twitter, but only so that she can follow like the NBA and the NFL and tweet to those people. So she has no interest in them whatsoever. <laughs> My husband just got a Twitter and he like follows like me and our son and like his school and like and he he gets mad at me like you tweet too much and I'm like Is this when I tweeted to go? Cool. I, I saw Russ Russ had a tweet that it was like if you tweet more than twice a day you're gone I was like, So you're gonna unfollow your wife <laughs> Exactly <laughs> Okay and I thought like, that was really funny. Like, those are just GetGlue check-ins. They're not real tweets. <laughs> I always wanted to set up a separate account for GetGlue, so I could just get glue to my heart's content and get all my stickers, because sometimes I don't check in because I'm like, mm. so I would like to do that. But, you know, it sounds like a lot of work. It also sounds like a lot of work on my part, and I'm lazy. <laughs> well... Should we wrap it up for this evening? I think it's appropriate for, according to my clock, it's ten thirteen. Yeah, I think so. My husband came in and went, um, he's like, It's after 10. You need to be getting off there, you know, because he wants to watch TV and he <laughs> and <laughs> has to try it when I'm podcasting. So. Yeah, and my caller ID just came in to my friend Marta, and we're going to see Iron Man 3 tomorrow, so she's probably calling like. Well, what time are we going? When are you going to be here? So I guess we should go <laughs> well, back in. It's only 8.15 where I am, so I'm going to go watch last week's Hannibal because I haven't watched it yet, and do my nails. Sounds <gasps> fun. Sounds fun. Yeah, I'm going to redo the color that I showed you, Becky, and then I'm going to do the chocolate dots like you said. Ooh, nice. Send me a picture. I will. You mm. um, yeah. Anybody who follows me on Twitter on my own account, if you care, I'll probably tweet a picture because I like nails. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and she's got me addicted to them, and it's all her fault. So yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't I don't do my fingers.
1: I don't do my hands, but I, I do my toes quite regularly, and I have all sorts of crazy colors. And I, I love doing them. I have i I'm really odd about toenails. I will only do my toenails in red or certain shades of pink. I will not put weird colors on my toes, but I will wear real, oh. weird colors on my fingers. So I'm like the opposite I have minty of everybody green. I else. have a I have an orange. I have a beautiful, beautiful like like luminescent orange on right now. Pearly. Yeah, pearly I like orange. it on other people. Really like cute. when people wear navy blue or bright blue on their toenails, I'm like, that's so cute. They're like, Oh, it's so mm-hmm. I'm like, Yeah, I won't do that, sorry. Mm, yeah. I have dark blue but I love red. Yeah, I have I have like it's like three or four different shades of red, um I have black. I have mint green, <laughs> pink, <laughs> yeah. If you're any kind of collector, nail polish is easy to get sucked into. Yes. Yeah, yeah just ask me. Look at my pictures that I've been sent to Vinny, and she, she can attest to that. <laughs> and see, okay. Okay, think about the picture, your collection that you sent me. Um, my collection, the last time I counted my bottles, I had 287 bottles. Holy cow. And the last like time I counted amateur. The, I can't even the clothes. last time I counted my collection was before Becky and I went to Vancouver in uh October. Wow. So I've felt probably got around three hundred now. Well, wow. I will pile all mine together and tweet a a picture of my rather <laughs> Pathetic little collection. After that, <laughs> at least mine, oh, mine, oh. Are a, mine are in a three-tiered plastic drawer, and that's just what's actually in a drawer. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> so okay. Um, I'm sure we've lost pretty much everybody <laughs> <from the> now. <nail. laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. sorry about nail polish, though, that's it. We're very sorry <laughs> about the of nail polish. Uh, but we will talk to you guys next week. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks very listening. much for listening. Thanks for listening. Thank you again, Osric. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone.